remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one a court appointment for you. You understand your rights? Your crime spree was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But it man over time. Made you sure to turn to shit. <laughs> Warning. Each episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast will contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and are for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show. These facts are I'm retelling were presented to me by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you are going to get offended, turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton, and... The hitman, Jim Rathman. How's everybody doing? So, y'all, coming to you today, I'm going to do an episode that is pretty hard for us. But before we start, though, I want to uh, talk about a couple things. And one is I want to say thank you to all the listeners. You're awesome. The We couldn't do it without you. The, y'all are liking and sharing us and making us grow huge. Uh, thank you to our patron members. You're awesome. Your support is awesome. Y'all, we know the audio was bad last week. Um, we have one of our listeners, uh, of one of our lifers, Lonnie J. We want to give a shout out to him who's helped us get it somewhat better this week. And, uh, we'll have it even better next week. So, and Jim, tell us about, tell me about, uh, Instagram and stuff. The Instagram uh, is a uh, real life, real crime. So go to it, follow it. Or you can also follow me. It's Jim underscore Rathman. Uh, so look us up. Start following us. Uh, we appreciate it. Look forward to res- corresponding with everybody on there. Have fun with it. We'll post pictures and videos and different things as the time goes on and we'll make it happen. Yeah. And I think one of our new uh, dream team members, Lori Goolsby, is helping you with that. If they have any yeah, questions, they can, so if they have any questions, they can hit her up. Also, I'm not an Instagram guy; I don't know anything about it. <laughs> but we're trying to learn, y'all. We're trying to bring it to you in the different platforms and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and all the stuff to make it grow. Um, but you got to remember, you're dealing with two career law enforcement officers. We're <laughs> certainly not computer experts, and we're certainly not audio experts. So if it's not 
I know it's better than it was last week, and we're, we're going to continue to get better. I promise you that. So Jim's got a new microphone and stuff like that, but we're just going to try it out and see. And as y'all know, as always, we're raw and unscripted. Uh, um, that's just the way we roll. So that it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. That being said, oh, this is a uh, it's a tough deal, and and. The a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago, I don't I was on the road. I was actually uh, on an airplane and I landed in Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico. And when I turned my phone on, it started blowing up. You know, when you're on the plane and you're getting ready to disembark, my shit's going crazy. And it's all about Denny Perkins, Denny Perkins, Denny Perkins. I, mean, I got like 20 different people texting me and messaging me. And I'm like, logged in and I saw it uh I like to shit my pants and the you know the, I, I guess we should start with how we know Denny Perkins etc but the the deal is for the you, the people that don't know Denny Perkins and his wife Cynthia Perkins were arrested on a whole bunch of serious, serious charges. Jim, do you have them with you? I know it's like 60, 60 counts of, uh, child pornography, some rape, uh, different things. Let me look at it real quick. Give me one sec. Number four. Sorry, I didn't have that read. That's all right. That, uh, raw and unscripted, y'all. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Yeah. So the I have it, uh, Jim. If you, you want me to read it, oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, I pull up all the different uh, things. All right. So this is what we have, y'all. Uh, um, and this is actually from. Uh, the Morning Advocate, the Baton Rouge paper. That's the first thing that popped up when I Googled it. And um, it says a Livingston Parish deputy and his school teacher wife who are accused in child porn cases are scheduled. Well, this is a later date. Hold on. I'll try to find the original one. But, um, how about this? So what I have here, Denny Perkins is facing 60 counts of child pornography charges and rape involving juveniles under the age of 13. His wife, Cynthia Perkins, a former Livingston Parish school teacher, is being charged with similar charges. Um, I could break it all down. Um, I can find a booking sheet when this all went down. But that's some serious freaking charges. All right. Well, let me tell y'all who they are. Okay. The Denny Perkins at the time of his arrest was the lieutenant over the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, SRT, or basically more commonly referred to as SWAT. And SRT stands for Special Response Team. And he's a career law enforcement officer. And we'll get into that in a minute. His wife, Cynthia, is a school teacher. I think she taught fifth and sixth grades. Uh, in Livingston Parish also. Now, let's go back to uh, late 2000, early 2001. I 
I moved to Livingston Parish to, I took a job with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office in the Uniform Patrol Division. And it was at that time, Denny Perkins was working for the Walker, the town of Walker, Louisiana Police Department. And I met him, uh, you know, I'd see him in like court on a motion to suppress hearings. And I would see him on the street a couple of times. But mostly I worked the east side of the parish and Walker was on the west side. But that's the first time I remember meeting him. And I can tell you, Denny, I'll describe him for you. Uh, He's always been really, really physically fit. Uh, Workout is a big deal for him. And, um, uh, you know, charming smile, uh, very, very, very intelligent guy. And the, you know, so I knew I came to know his reputation in the beginning because Denny worked a lot of dope cases now and, in the small town of Walker, that's a pretty challenging deal. But the the reason I paid attention to that and would see him so much in court is because when I was in uniform patrol and I wasn't answering regular calls and making regular arrests, I loved to work dope and, and I made a name for myself in it. And so uh, we would always, you know, be together in court on dope cases and stuff like that. But I think it was like 2003, he left the Walker police department and came to work for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's office in the uniform patrol division. We were put on the same shift and, and, uh, the, in, in the uniform patrol division and Denny and I, uh, there were numerous times that he would work the East side of the parish. Now, remember I told you in previous episodes, Livingston Parish is huge, and it's but for law enforcement purposes, it was we divided it geographically by east and west sides. Okay, um, the east side being more rural with the smaller towns, but also a much much larger landmass, and and the west side containing basically Walker, Louisiana, and Denham Springs, and some outlying areas around there. The uh, so we were on the same shift. And Jim, I think this would have been the year. Uh, when did you come to the sheriff's office? It's like 2000. I was in beginning of 2004. Yeah. Yeah, speak it to your mic. I think it cut out a little bit. It was like beginning of 2005. Okay. All right. So that was a little bit before your time. So we were working on uh, Denny and I. <sighs> Working together, and when you're on the east side of the parish, the you know, the west side would have a lot more guys, a lot more uniform patrol deputies, because they had a lot more call volume. Uh, you know, everything from thefts to nine one one disturbances or whatever wrecks. On the east side, uh, we had we used to it used to be a running joke that like they say if you get a 911 call of 103G on the west side 103G being a disturbance with a firearm they'd say 9 times out of 10 you would get there and there would be no firearm the east side being more rural uh when you get a 103G you better strap it on cuz and and, and cuz it was on right there's totally different uh, people and and almost everybody over there was armed so with the when Denny and I would work together, sometimes it was just he and I for the entire east side of the parish. And and so you know, think about that. 
I had no backup. Um, Denny was my backup. And other than the small town guys will come back us up on some of the calls, but the, when you're in a situation like this and you work a job where your life is on the line, literally every moment, whether you're going to answer a 911 call or, you know, you're in a foot pursuit with a bad guy or whatever it may be, or if you're just hanging out and bullshitting because it's a slow call night that you're hanging out waiting on the next call. I mean, you spend 12 hours a night with this person and, you know, you become tight. And, and Jim, can you explain to the listeners now that being in law enforcement, it certainly is a brotherhood, uh, uh, the, and, and the whole blue wall thing and all that. But when you are in those kind of high, uh, tense situations and, you know, whether you're fighting somebody together on the ground or you're clearing a house and, and it's just you two or whatever. I mean, I can't equate it to being in battle like Jim has. Jim was a captain in, in the 82nd Airborne. Uh, he's a decorated war hero and, and I'm going to give my boy his props because they're due. But Jim, I, to explain to the average listener what it is that makes such a bond between people who work that who who work that type of situation. I, I don't know how to explain it. You did. Uh, the best way to put it, you know, when you work with somebody around the clock or almost every single day for hours, the blood, the sweat, the tears that go into all the training, all the work, everything, period. But that bond comes incredibly close when your life is truly on the line and you have to depend upon your friend or your buddy to have your back. Now, we all have friends that, you know, you get in a fight, maybe they help you out with a fight or something like that. It's totally different when you're talking about your life because there's no reset button. There's no doing this over again. When bullets get flying, you find out who your friends really are. And that bond is incredibly, incredibly strong. Um, you know, some of the guys that I served with in the military that I went to battle with are still to this day the closest individuals in my life because you share some sort of an experience. You share a bond that nobody else can really have unless you're in situations like that. And in law enforcement, what Woody's trying to say, Denny was his, you know, uh, if Denny, you're, you're kind of screwed. Hey, and so hey Jim, Jim, your mic's maybe stuck. maybe back up from your mic just a little bit. It's doing a little bit of cutting. Go ahead. So that bond that, that Woody's talking about with Denny would be incredibly, incredibly close because his life depends upon it. They both depend on each other. You know, when Denny needs Woody, he has to be there and vice versa. Um, that is critically important. And there's no other bond like that bond of somebody that really puts their life on the line. For you day in and day out without a split seconds notice i mean it, it, uh you know when sugar turns to shit we were there for each other in the end um so but you know i'm gonna tell you something uh denny was a really likable guy but let me take back up for a second when i started in law enforcement there's a guy his name's pete charlay i call him brother pete and they they own uh some funeral homes and and East Baton Rouge and East Flushana Parish, but he was like a longtime reserve deputy or something, I think for Zachary PD. But he told me, he said, Woody, uh, when you get into law enforcement, he said, you need to keep at least one friend 
that uh, that's a civilian. He said, because otherwise you're going to be like every other cop and you get into law enforcement and you get into these situations and you develop these bonds. And the next thing you know, every day off, y'all are going to be together every every holiday, every every birthday and, and stuff like that. Well, you know why it is? Because nobody else understands. I mean, and, and uh, the even on your downtime, that's it. I mean, that's who we hung out with. We, we hung out with cops. We hung out with each other. Uh and other guys from the sheriff's office. And I guess it, part of that reason is because the, we understood. Yeah. I, I mean, the, you know, the stress of the job, whether you're, you're pulling dead people out of the car or you're getting shot at or whatever. I mean, you have, when you go home at the end of the day, you got to be able to, I, you have to leave that at the door. And, and uh, you can't certainly can't bring it into your family and, and whatever. I mean, uh, so that was, True. And, and I came to find out through the years of working like that, that's it. We, we were that tight I mean, and it, beyond family, beyond closer than your closest family. Uh, I, I can't explain it, Jim. I mean, the, I don't know what else. Wait, you, your, mic, your mic's cutting. Do it again. I said, I must, let me turn the volume back on my side. Maybe that's what it is. All right. Maybe that's a little bit. Um, you know, when you have one person that you work with all the time like that, the best way to put this in perspective, it's like when a law enforcement officer goes out to work, they have their badge, they have their gun, they have their whole entire duty. And when you get to work, that person that you work with all the time is is like in addition to that duty rig. Like you don't go to work without that person. And when they're not there at work that night, like they're on vacation, and you got to spend that week when they're not there, it sucks. Yeah. It's like you, you miss it. Like, golly, I hope nothing bad happens because so yeah. so. You know what I mean? I, like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and, and uh, it's like a piece of you, and, and you really become that tight, you know, and and. The and you know I always said law enforcement is the greatest show on earth and, and that's because you you go through so much shit and and so I just wanted to preface it with that uh, the uh, now listen again Denny super super intelligent super likable guy and he I and we'll get more into this in a little bit but shit he is a good law enforcement professional I mean yeah I knew he had my back. And I knew uh, he was going to make good cases. I knew he treated people right. I mean, it's just I can't I couldn't ask for a better working partner. Uh, um, and of course, we had other people that sometimes we have other people and sometimes he would go to the other side of parish, whatever. But I'm just telling you that my bond with Denny Perkins and how it started out. OK. And so. This goes on in uh, the, uh, you know, of course, we were dope kings. Uh, and I thought all I ever wanted to work was narcotics until I got promoted into regular detectives. And I worked my first homicide or child rape case and then realized that the same dope heads we've been chasing around all the time, you know, you arrest them, they get in, they get out, whatever. When I started making good cases on child rapists and uh, murderers, these people are never getting out of prison. So I, I, I changed my focus 
to regular detectives, right? And but during the same t- time frame, we the, the, uh, got on the SRT team together, the SWAT team and special response team. Now you're going to talk about take it to a whole new level. The the working the street together and not knowing what happens, et cetera, is one thing. But when you're on SRT, and Jim, I'm going to let you touch on it. But when you're on SRT, you are training, and we trained a lot. And you're training to go in to a life or death situation. When you kick in or you ram in somebody's door in a house on a search warrant, you are expecting fully to be shot at, or, or you know, and that's what you train for. And uh, and a lot of times that that, that kind of shit happened. Uh, and so it's one thing. The uniform patrol bond is one thing. The SRT bond, it, Jim, I, I guess it would be closest. I could get to what you had in the military, but you were on SRT. I mean, talk about that. Danny actually was my team leader. When I got on SRT, he and I became even more close, even though we were already working narcotic stuff together. Uh, But he was my team leader. And the way that we did our SRT, um, we did it in two-week rotations. So the two weeks that we're on call, you know, we're, we're responding to anything crazy that happens in the parish. We're doing narcotic search warrants, high-risk arrest warrants. And then, when, you know, so we basically trained all the time. So even when we were on our two weeks of call-out, you could bet your butt a couple times a week. We were out there training. We're out there shooting. We're out there practicing, entering and clearing of rooms, throwing flashbangs, different scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and then our was the same thing, obstacle courses and right. – ranges and just constantly training yeah and he was my team leader. i was literally with him every single day yeah and let me tell you about when you uh work uniform patrol and stuff like that they you, you work two on two off three on two off two on three off and i'm telling you when your days off the the srt it was almost always you were up, up at the range doing some type of training if you weren't on a call out that uh Meaning that you had some you know, search warrants to hit or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be. But let's give you an example of training, like, and without giving away any tactics, when you, you, you stack up, you got a guy behind you and a guy in front of you and the guy behind you's got his gun over your shoulder and you've got your gun over the guy in front of your shoulder and if sugar turns to shit and you have to start shooting, you have to believe that this is how much faith you have in these people. You have to believe that, you know, they're going to do whatever it is or say you're entering something and they're going to cover whatever area it is that they're supposed to cover and eliminate any threat. And that, therefore you can keep going forward to do what you have to do to cover your area to stop one of your guys from getting hurt. I mean, it's just, it's fucking intense. And, uh, so the bond grows, right? A lot of trust. Yeah. The, 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 the bond grows. Denny, uh, ended up going from uniform patrol. Well, let's let, let me digress for a second. He became a dare officer. Uh, was a drug awareness resistance education officer where he would go and teach teach classes to to the, the kids in that age range. Uh, uh, so that was part of what he did. Also, um, then he he made it up to. Uh, 
working in narcotics. And a lot of times, even when he was in uniform patrol on his days and nights off, he would, he would go out and work narcotics with narcotics guys, just like Jim did before they made narcotics uh, or detectives. So the, um, I mean, he had, he had a very successful career. All right. Now, then he has a, a, a person that would have you back and everything like that. There's, there was no doubt about it. Now, the, then he has uh, personality trait wise. I mean, I mean, just be honest with you. Call it, call it what it is. Denny loved women. And, and the, I mean, I didn't judge him for it. Everybody has their, their thing, but Denny, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, he's a good looking guy, physically fit guy, but the, I, I just, I just have to be crude and blunt about it, but he would, would basically have sex with anything. And I mean, adult y'all, we didn't know anything about kids, the, uh, but I mean, some of the, I, some of the people I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I mean, like skank city and, 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 but he'd laugh about it, but that was his thing. I didn't judge him for it. I, I mean, that who, if he went and slept with God and everybody adult that, uh, who am I to judge him? Right. And, and, but I mean, they even had, he had the nickname, uh, it wasn't given to him by me. I don't know who gave it to him, but it was, uh, ed or evil dick and and now all these years later you you think oh my god yeah i know somebody out there is gonna say oh y'all should have known and da 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 but he said evil dick because he he was this is cop talk being crude but but he was evil to his dick because he put it into anything i mean like you know i had help me jim uh there wasn't a there wasn't a woman who lived in the parish that he didn't go after for the most part. That's right. Or about sure any other parish for that matter. Eighty fat blind or crazy. If he could put his pecker in it, he he tried to. Adult. Okay. Adult. And and so the uh I mean but that's that's who he was. That's what that's what his gig. Me, I like to hunt, right? He he liked to I guess have conquest with women. I don't know. But that I, I, y'all, reason we're doing this is to tell you. Let me tell you something. When I got when I got the messages on the plane that day, and Jim, one of them was you. I, I almost threw up in my mouth when I read the charges. First of all, I had total disbelief, and then uh, I started getting phone calls from people that are still in law enforcement at, uh, that are in the know, some that weren't, and that it, had talked to people that were still in law enforcement and were giving them details. And, and I'm to this day, right now I'm fucking sick to my stomach and oh, yeah. the, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, like seven stages of grief or whatever, denial, then anger and sadness or whatever. And, and it really fucked with me and it really hurt my heart and it hurts my heart now, but you know, it really, really hurts my heart is the, these children. Okay. At this point, I don't give a fuck about Denny Perkins. Okay. He's dead to me as far as I'm concerned. And we'll get into that in a minute. I'm going to talk about these babies, these kids, these innocent kids without going to all the specifics that I know or we know. 
the the babies and their family, and they're all babies to me, y'all under under whatever age. The uh, you know whether they're in the fifth or sixth grade or whatever, that's still a baby to me. I have a son that age, right? And uh, uh, so the 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 babies and the families. I mean, tell you why it hurts me and it fucks with me so bad. The the we work so many sex cases, so many child rape cases in having to sit in on hundreds and hundreds of hours of interviews, child advocacy center interviews, watching these victims, these kids tell about the horrible things that were done to them. Just like in the very first episode that I did for real life, real crime, the podcast about double clutch and Christina Constance. Yeah. In retrospect, I probably shouldn't have started with that uh, episode. Although that fucker got four life sentences the um because that's hard shit to hear but we heard this all the time and here's the deal denny when he, when he was in regular detectives had to work some of those cases too and so he had to sit in and listen to it and in the the horror that these families have to deal with and these babies have to deal with it just makes me want to throw up and jim and i talked about it after it came out and stuff and people were blowing us up about doing something on the podcast and I was like, man, fuck out. I just, I'm so sick about it. Can you think about it? So what we did was release the patron episode we had put up called dirty cop um, to the public. And that was where I arrested one of our Livingston parish deputies showed up in uniform in a police car to try to have sex with a 15 year old. It was an undercover sting. So that I thought that would be good enough to, to, put it out there as to where, how we feel about dirty cops. Okay. The blue wall. Hey, that fucker don't go that deep. And, and the, you know, there's three kinds of cops. In my opinion, the, the ones who operate strictly in the white area. And these are the guys who need the badge to feel like a man. They pull you over and they lecture you for 30 minutes before they write you a ticket. And they walk around with their chest all, chest all puffed out, but inside they're scared to death. To, uh, uh, that they're going to get into this shit. The, the black area, that's cops that are raping kids or raping anybody or arresting somebody and saying, Hey, you know, I'll let you out of it if you give me a blowjob or whatever or selling dope or anything like that. It's bullshit. We, it, it's not, it's not tolerated. All right. Every good cop operates in what I call the gray area. Sometimes they, you know, you know, rules get, get pushed in a gray area, but and, and no, no fucking rule of like having sex with kids or selling dope or, you know, playing evidence. None of that bullshit, man. I'm talking about if, if you're out on the street and, and somebody punches you, it, it unsolicited and, and, and hits you and you get into a fight. Well, guess what? He might catch an extra lick when I get up and, and win. So stuff like that. But that black area bullshit, fuck you doesn't happen and the um it just made me sick makes me sick uh and i know i'm rambling on skipping around but i have a lot of things i want to say about this now that we're going to do it jim you got anything it's been a difficult and hard pill to swallow you know you think back all the times you work together and you think of where this guy's at and then you start you know i, I know woody did the same as me as you start thinking Every single time I was with him, did I ever see a sign of something like this? Did I miss something? But I never did. 
and never, never won. Never did. Let me tell you about that. Let's go back to the days off. Okay. The, when, and when brother Pete Charlet told me about keeping friends that are not cops, I'm going to tell you something days off. Hey, we partied together. And all the other cops, you know, your buddies that you're close with, our families got together. Even a lot of the time I was single, uh, uh, I was a single dad when I was working with Denny, but hell, we had all our kids together and, and he would be there. And I mean, I trusted him a thousand percent with my, it, she would have been in that age range at the time, uh, uh, my oldest daughter. I mean, it just, just absolutely no sign. And then now listen, I'm not some, Joe Schmo's citizen who doesn't know uh, pedophiles and, and, and profiles on them and everything else. I put people in prison for it all the time for raping kids. And I cannot tell you not one single time in my entire knowing of Denny Perkins that he ever, ever displayed any kind of sign like that. Now that him having him banging everything at, on two legs, that's an adult. That's his business. But the the kid stuff, absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. And, and I I agree with Woody. I never ever saw that myself. But he absolutely would bang women left and right every single day. Yeah. But that was what he did as an adult. Right. That's right. And and when now you know all these. I don't know how long it's been since their arrest, but, you know, social media and stuff. And we'll get into the, some more of that in a minute. But people are saying, oh, yeah, well, he arrested me and, and you know, maybe have sex with him not to go to jail. Well, you know what? If he did that, you need to go file charges. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm not saying it didn't. But I can tell you, I didn't know anything about that. Jim Raffman didn't know anything about that. The, uh uh, and the other people, and this is, I'm going to tell you the reason we're doing this today. I was up three o'clock in the morning. Somebody had put on Facebook yesterday. I, I, um, last night I read one of the comments said that I must be a pedophile too, because I work with, with Denny Perkins. Now I talked about Denny in several of the episodes I did some gym before you, you, you were co-host. And I talk, I talk about working with him because he was there. Shit, it's the stories. But some motherfucker put that I must be a pedophile because I worked with him and I had to know what he was doing. Well, you know what? You can go eat a bowl of dicks, asshole. And I didn't know and nobody else knew either. All right. Let me tell you the, the profile on a preferential offender. Okay. And Denny is a preferential offender. A preferential offender is a person who uses their position of authority or gains trust to, to their uh, victims' families or whatever. They groom their victims. Okay. And, but so, and every, the profile also shows every one of them are highly intelligent. Doesn't mean they're formally educated, but they're smart. Now, you have to throw in narcissistic and maybe psychopathic. I don't fucking know, but I'm going to tell you something. I've trained in it. I've arrested. I can't tell you how many people for it and gotten so many confessions, et cetera. And he fucking pulled the wool over my eyes guaranteed. If he was doing it back then, he pulled it over my eyes and everybody else's. So to, for, for you to say that we're all dirty and pedophiles because of what Denny Perkins did, that's bullshit. Okay. I don't, the, 
Uh, I'm sorry, Jim. I'm beginning to rant. You know, the thing is, too, is, is not only had all the apartments, he had all the state police schools, the federal law enforcement that he knew. Everybody that he knew in law enforcement, I worked with them on a regular basis, was completely fooled. If it was that easy to walk around the street and look at somebody and go, oh, you're a pedophile. Oh, you're a murderer. Right. But, you know, that would be the most wonderful gift in the world if we had the ability to do that, but we don't. So right. to go out and do something like that is purely ignorant. kind of makes me wonder what they're hiding. Right, yeah. Or if they didn't get arrested or whatever, but the, uh, themselves for something. But I'm going to talk about this. Jim, I know I'm skipping around a lot, and, and, and but I just don't have a thought process on it. But I want to say a couple of things while we're on this part of the subject. And, and I'm, I, I don't care if I catch shit for it, but I'm going to tell you why I shouldn't. Because, because it's the truth. But now, let's, I, want, I want to talk about it after Denny got arrested. The, I'm going to tell you this. I left the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office at the end of 2007 to go be a criminal investigator too for Louisiana state police at that time before prior to that, I'm going to tell you who my best friends were. And I'm talking about best friends to the point. We did everything together. We hunted together. We did Mardi Gras balls together, rode in the crew together. We did everything together. Family to get there wasn't a time we had off that we weren't together. And it wasn't a time we were working that we weren't together. And that is one of them is Jason Ard. And Jason Ard, since I left the sheriff's office, had, has become the parish for the sheriff for Livingston. And I can tell you why I can say this and be unbiased because I haven't spoken, spoken to Jason in over 10 years. As, as regardless how close we were back then, for whatever reason, the, uh, we hadn't spoke. I don't have any animosity towards him. I respect him as a professional, but the, I watched the, the press conference when this first broke and, and, and Jason's talking about how Denny, his family, well, it's the same thing we just told y'all on this. Well, it, it, Jason was upset. He's a human being and, and he was upset. He didn't say anything about the victims right away because he was, he was talking about his relationship or prior relationship, the family part with Denny. And I know he came back and he changed it afterwards because the public outcry was about, Oh God, he didn't say anything about the kids. But you know what? I, he wasn't talk. He wasn't talking about the kids at when he was, that part that they showed. He was talking about his relationship with Denny Perkins, personal relationship, how it violated he felt, uh, the trust and how crushed he was and, and, and everything. And let me tell you something. Jason Ard, his top, Criminal deputy, chief criminal deputy, which is Brian Paul Smith. Brian Paul and I went to the law enforcement base, to the academy together. We came up to the ranks together. Y'all heard me talk about him on episodes. He is now, he's it. He's, he's Jason's chief criminal deputy. Okay. Denny, at the time of his arrest was, had Jason's old job before he became uh, chief operations, which was being over the SRT team. Let me tell you something. I know right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that that if they could get their hands on Denny Perkins, they'd fucking kill him. All right, it, it, the, there is no cover up on their part, and I I haven't talked to Jason Ard in ten years. I saw I've seen Brian Paul, and we were best best friends, and and I've seen him once 
in probably the last seven or eight years. And that was like six months ago, talked to him for like three minutes outside a conference. Um, he was attending one conference. I was attending another with my father. And these guys, we had our kids with Denny. We, when we had the get togethers and we did, we went to the Mardi Gras balls and, or we went on fishing trips or hunting trips. We were together, man. And I'm telling you, they have no more responsibility in this than I do or Jim Raffman does or whatever. And I hadn't talked to him. I, I can tell you the people that I knew, they will never, ever put up with this. You, these are dedicated law enforcement professionals that given their whole life to defending the citizens uh, and the, the people of Livingston Parish and putting bad guys in jail. And the, the, the fact that they were trying to flip it on Jason so hard it really hurt my heart for him. I mean, and, and, and because he, he's, I'm going to tell you something, Livingston Parish residents, you're lucky to have that dude as you share. You're lucky to have Brian Paul as your chief criminal deputy. And I know there are people out there that they've arrested over the years. And I want some, some of my friends that don't like, Brian Paul uh, told me, oh, yeah, but he did me wrong one time. I'm like, well, sorry about that. And, and yeah, he still got my respect. He's my boy. We came up together. All right. And Jason, same way. And, and I, I can say it from a non-biased. I'm not, I haven't been in the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office since 11, 12 years and haven't talked to them since long after that. I'm telling you, it's bullshit, people. The, uh, let's talk about this. The Baton Rouge. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. You know, I watched that press conference as well, and, you know, my heart went for Jason also. And I will say, you know, when, when my time that I had at the sheriff's office, Jason obviously wasn't, he wasn't the, uh, the sheriff at the time. He was the chief of operations. He was still a part of, uh, of SWAT. Brian Paul and I were on SWAT together. Um, I stand behind uh, there's there's a few more that I want to mention I'll get to mention later on but I will say without a shadow of doubt you couldn't have a better person leading the parish than Sheriff Jason Hard and he couldn't have a better chief deputy as 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 uh, Brian Paul and I stand behind them 100,000% and I can guarantee you that if they had any any inkling whatsoever that that's what Denny did in his personal life behind the closed doors in a way they would have made their rest themselves. That's that's right. But the the, the doubt the, about it. Let, let me tell you, let me say this. The the I think Jason caught a lot of flack because that that press conference part that they showed that he that he didn't start it out uh, about the victims. But uh, I've seen Jason are mad. He's fucking mad. And, and the, and, and he was, he's pissed and he's, I mean, he's pissed at Denny and everything else. Uh, uh but I'm going to tell you that we, this is not the Jason Ard show or Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office show. This show is about Denny Perkins. And again, I, what makes me sick is the victims and, and the, uh, I know Jason has come back out and, and, and readdressed that issue many, many times. And I'm just telling y'all that the not there's not one of all the guys we came up I came up with even before you got there, Jim. They're all in high ranking positions now. Ben Bourgeois over detectives. Um, uh, the the uh, Alden Thomas. I don't even know what Alden does now if he's still there. I mean, these are jam up law enforcement professionals, and 
the, 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 I just, they don't. And we were all that tight. We were all that tight. And Denny was in that mix. And I'm telling you, yes, did, did, did we see anything? Absolutely not. It, and the, it makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, and I know it makes every one of those guys sick. And, and I mean, I haven't talked to him in years, but I'm telling you, I know it makes him sick. And, it, and, and it, it, it just makes everything just so bad. And, and the, these poor babies and their families and, and, I'm going to start touching on that now, Jim. The, uh, one of the mamas of the victims reached out to me and she's going to remain anonymous and I'm not going to say her name, et cetera, but she was actually contacted, uh, by the school board, by the attorney general's best office investigator. And her child is definitely one of the children who ingested what they they're calling contaminated food. Well, y'all, let me tell you what that means. Denny masturbated and it would masturbate into, uh, she believes it's four different food items. It, originally people had said cupcakes, but she said cupcakes, donuts, pettit fours, whatever that is. And something else, I forget what she told me, but, the, um, but anyway, supposedly, well, not supposedly. They they have video proof of it. The, the, him masturbating into uh, these batters, and his wife would bake up the goods and bring them to school and feed them to her classroom kids, and take photographs of it, and then allegedly go home and, and share them with Denny. And uh, um, how did they know this? The I was told off the record that. When they raided his house, let me tell you this. Let me back up. The attorney general's office evidently started working this. Uh, they, they're huge all on, on the child sex, sex division on online sex stuff. And that's how they got the original tip and, and led into the investigation who it was, et cetera. But the, so they do a raid and I was told that they took so much shit out of, out of, Denny and Cynthia's house, like it was wired, like better than any movie studio cameras everywhere. I mean, like freaky, uh, um, you couldn't, you couldn't imagine why I'm talking about cameras in every room and on the inside of the house and stuff, microphones for, and I almost as important for the, the sexual deviant to do uh, the deviant act in the profile is for them to record it in some way. Uh, uh, whether it's to watch back later on, et cetera, but whatever the, so let me tell you something. Attorney general's office is not coming with 60 counts of child porn and then, and the rape counts too, y'all and without proof. Okay. And they, they're not coming and they're certainly not going to come against a law enforcement officer, career law enforcement officer, unless they come correct. And so the, I know my, my information is good. The, I know that Denny Perkins did this uh, from what I was told about the evidence and the vi- videos and photographs and, and what, whatnot. The, and the, and this is all coming to me at, at weeks after the arrest, getting piecemealed here and there. And I, I would just talk to Jim about it. I just get sicker and sicker. And so the, the, the thought of him masturbating into bait 
batters or goods, whatever you want to call it, and then baking it up and then taking it to school and feeding it to innocent children. I'm telling you, it makes me want to puke right now. It fucking makes me so mad. I'm going to knock the wall out. And if it was one of my kids, that he wouldn't see trial. I can promise you that. Damn right. I, I never, all, I've dealt with such depravity when it came to people raping babies. And those assholes, every one of them are in Angola. And women too, the, the, such depravity, but I've never, ever, I couldn't, you couldn't dream that shit up. They mean, what is your thought process, man? What is your thought process on that? And the, I mean, so it, okay. And yet we're supposed to have known this, right? How the hell you know what goes on behind closed doors, you know? And, and he had everybody fooled, but there is no such thing as the perfect crime. And eventually what's dark done in darkness comes to light and that he fucked up somehow and, and they got the evidence on it. And I'm glad. And I'm praying for these babies and this mama, the, 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 uh, all they told her was, that he's been tested for STDs, being Denny, has been tested for STDs, and, and they came back negative, which knowing the the people he was with when I knew him, I find that shocking, to say the least. I mean, some of the skank, the, uh, but the I'm, I'm just telling you how it is, Jim. I know I probably should say that. Well, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, like, people that were known, like, I, I'm not going it's bad. <laughs> Bad. Uh, the, uh, uh, so, but anyway, the mom said that uh, they have photographs of her baby eating the baked goods on two separate occasions. And this came from the attorney general's office. Told her, and and um, you know, I I just can't imagine. I cannot imagine their pain, and but. It's just, I just don't know. It, it puts tears in my throat about it. I, it, I can't imagine what those families are going through. All those babies that are, that had to experience this, um, you know, their lives are forever changed. I mean, you're talking a lot of kids, their families, the, the, the lack of trust that they're going to have with teachers, the lack of trust they're going to have with law enforcement and, it's just a completely sad and disgusting case. I'm still, I still don't believe it. But the, the, let me tell you a double kick in the nuts for me is my wife's name is Cynthia. Denny's wife's name was Cynthia. Denny's wife was fifth and sixth grade teacher. My wife teaches fifth and sixth grade in Livingston Parish, not at the same school. And I just, I don't know. She told me today, she said, I had to go to Walmart to get something to bake for the Thanksgiving thing tomorrow. I'm like, shit, they letting y'all bring food stuff to school? And she's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't understand. The, um, uh, I, I, I know, y'all, I, I know the, the statistics. And I know all the, the definitions and the fancy shit, okay? I'm certified in all United States federal courts as an expert uh, witness in law enforcement matters. And I know what it take, whether Denny got his her and because she had kids that age i don't know or whether he groomed her i don't know or whether she was just as sick as him and i don't know uh and and not ever gonna know and but i could tell you this it saying that all law enforcement should have known 
uh, that Denny did that because we worked together. Well, what about her principal? What about all the teachers of the school? There are, are they all pedophiles? Are they all bad people? I mean, you think I, there's not a decent breathing human being that has heard this story that isn't sick to the fucking stomach and, and, and or that can say that they, I mean, well, you know what? We got to go back and talk about the Baton Rouge cop because we can catch shit on that. The, I, I only saw it from what was on the news. Uh, um, and he, this guy came forward and he said back, I think it was in 2011, he came forward and supposedly, uh, Denny was found in the bed with his stepdaughter. I, I forget the age, like, I don't know, he's 11 or 12, something like that. And, uh, playing tickle games. Well, that's part of preferential part as far as if you look at him, if you thought he was an offender, that's, you know, they, they, they would sometimes tickle their victims or play games with them or whatever and, and see if the victim resisted. And if they don't, then they'll take it a little bit further. It's like a, a mental stimulation for him to trip out and see how much he can get away with. Cause guess what? The sickest part of that, that, that profile and personality is, is that every fucking day Denny put on the uniform and the badge and the gun, he got almost as much emotional charge out of knowing that he conned every son of a bitch in the parish, including Woody Overton, and that 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 he's this good guy. And and that's that's what they get off of. He's the, he's he can sit in a room full of people, cops that are training on sex or work a child sex case and and sit there and be thinking all his dirty thoughts and thinking, oh how these stupid fuckers, I got them fooled. They don't know the real Denny Perkins, right? Being, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. But the, there is the, 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 the focus should be on the victims and their families. Okay. Now back to the, the 2011 thing, the, the cop came forward and, um, a Baton PD, PD, PD officer. I've seen him around. I don't know him personally. It, and he said that he, he made a complaint to Jason Ard. About that, and um, from what, what I saw, uh, uh, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. The the supposedly the the state police were uh, notified, and, and there was nothing criminal found to be done. And Jason brought him in and uh, uh, asked him about it or whatever. And of course, Denny's going to deny it. And but the, there was no formal complaint to act against, is, is what my understanding. I may have it wrong. If I do, I apologize. But the that that's uh, but I just, I'm telling you again, and I hadn't talked to him by a couple of years by this point. If Jason would have believed for a second that, that he had had something credible to go on, uh, it, I'm telling you, he'd have done it. And, and, and everyone in that sheriff's office would have done it. So I don't know about that, the, the, the case and the tickling thing and, and why I didn't move forward other than, Supposedly there was no official complaint or whatever. Uh, but the, the, I saw that cop when they interviewed him on the news and he said they went to counseling and, they, and, the, and the counselor said, well, he's, he's a predator and, and whatever. Well, and maybe, maybe the counselor's right. I mean, obviously the counselor was right now, but the, uh, but, but if the, you, you don't have a complaint, you can't act on it. Right, Jim? That's correct. I don't. I don't know what to say about that, but the. Um, so I, I, I don't know much about that issue yeah. with the, with, you know the, 
bed with 11 or 12 year old. I was overseas at that time. Yeah, I was long gone. I've been gone for like four or five years. Uh, um, but, but I do know that there is a handful of people at that sheriff's office up at the top. Most importantly, Jason, and you're you're 100% right. If Jason had any indication whatsoever, even from that back in 2011, he would have done the right thing and can guarantee it. Yeah. And I, and I don't know exactly what he did, other, um, and I didn't read up on the news articles, et cetera, about it, but I, I'm like, yeah, I don't have to because I know he did everything that he could do. And, of course, you're, you're talking about his probably – they, hell, they grew up together in the same town, uh, much less their law enforcement careers. I mean, so the it would be like you, the listener – your best friend or, uh, or your husband or your wife, uh, just, you know, being accused of something and they've never showed any signs of anything like that. I mean, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, you would have to, if you were in that position, you'd have to listen to it and act upon it, which I, from what I understand, he did, but there was no formal complaint or criminal thing, or whatever. But I, I don't keep speaking about exactly what I don't know all the details, but I know there. The people at the top wouldn't have let it slide. So if there had something to act upon, and include the state police, the the but it, it, I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, but the the purpose of this episode is to let y'all know that. There's no way we could have known. I mean, the, um, him having a sexual addiction or whatever you want to call it to, to sleeping or having sex with every thing that walked that was an adult, uh, and then making jokes about it and the nickname and all that. The, I mean, that's one thing, but if, if there ever, uh, if I'd ever known anything, Jim Raffman or anything, Jason, Brian, Paul, any of them would know anything. He'd have been dealt with a long time ago. I'm thankful that. Say, well, you got to do that. He have a lot of sex in his life and was always running around with different women. I was an LSU football player. Let me just tell you how many guys I've known in my day that did that would have multiple women a week, sometimes a night, and so on. It's 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 not really that uncommon. So it wasn't much of an indicator, at least for me, it wasn't. Um, but what he did behind closed doors, there was no way I could ever have fathomed something like that with him. He was around my family. He was around my children. Um, I, I never thought in a million years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, shit, we laughed together. We cried together. We fought together. Uh, uh, whatever. Whatever. I got knots in my back and my stomach's flipping thinking about it. I just don't, I would never, ever, ever understand the depravity uh, and of these poor families. And that's what it's really about y'all. I, I'm going to urge anybody that listens to it. If you, if you, if there's any truth to these allegations that he, uh, Denny Perkins forced you to have sex, to not go to jail. He picked you up on dope charges or something. God damn it. Go report it. Put, put more charges on him, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, unequivocally, and this is hard, unequivocally, 
Denny Perkins is dead to me. He's dead to me. And, the, the, and, and I don't give a fuck about the due process or whatever. I know what I know. And, and the, that's, I mean, it's like cutting out a piece of my heart out. And that's what Jason was saying in, in that press conference. It, it's not about us though, y'all. Then, yeah, I'm hurting. Jim's hurting and, and, and Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office hurting, but it's not, it's not about us. Let's make it about the victims. Okay. So pray for the families and the victims. Uh, pray for, uh, and anybody else. If, if he ever did some, uh, something wrong to you, uh, stalked you, there was something, a report about him stalking that family afterwards, Jim, at a gas station or something. If he did that shit, go report it. If, I mean, if he did it, if Denny Perkins ever did anything illegal to you, especially in his official capacity, go report it. Put charges on his ass. Not like he can get many more, right? But it needs to be known. And that way there's transparency. And you'll see that Jason Ard and Brian Paul and, and, and uh, of course, Mr. Ronnie is over civil, but uh, shit, it, Mr. Ronnie killed him himself. The, the, uh, Mr. Ronnie Morris, the, the, those people won't put up with it, y'all. Go make the complaint and it won't be, they won't, they're act upon it now just because, uh, he's in jail for all this shit. It would be because it's the right thing to do. So I urge you to come forward. If you've been a victim, come forward. So I don't know the, um, I'm sure I'm leaving something out, Jim, but the, y'all we'll, we'll do something again on this after I wasn't going to do anything on it. Well, we weren't going to do anything on it until after some of the court proceedings, but some of the shit that's out there right now is so outlandish. Uh, uh, not they, when you calling out all law enforcement officers or pedophiles, cause you worked with them and, and I mean, you know, bashing on, on, on the sheriff and, and his people and all that. Hey man, it's good and bad in every profession, you know? And like Jim said, the, you know, I know plenty of people who are addicted to sex and, or and who had as much sex as they could in their younger years, et cetera, who, who aren't raping babies or putting sperm and, in, in baked goods for kids to eat. Uh, so it's not an indicator. And, and the, the focus is, Put him away for the rest of his life. Uh, uh, put her away for the rest of her life, and get the people the help that they need. Jim, you still with me? Yeah, I'm still with you. You know, I, I will say my thought prayers are with all the victims, all of them. Uh, terribly sorry that this happened and that you have to go through all this experience. You know, our heart is broken for you. It's a terrible thing to have happen. Um, as far as Dennis Ernie needs to get what he deserves, same with his wife. Um, you know, I know with everything that's going on in the press conference we talked about earlier, I'm telling you, I believe in Jason Ard. I believe in Brian Paul and a lot of those people over there at Livingston Parish. They're great people. They have your back. They have the citizens' packs. Nobody does more for the citizens of, of Livingston Parish than Jason Art. Yeah, they said. As far as it is, to, to see through that press conference, he was coming from a, he's hurt. He's human just like the rest of us. 
But don't for a second think he isn't thinking about those victims. I promise you he's thinking about each and every one of them, praying for each and every one of them. Jason is by far one of the best people I've ever known. Yeah. When I worked at the office, when I was young, and I was just learning the ropes, he was the one that came and put his arm around me and had a good talk with me and taught me some things. He's also the same one that I talked to when I worked in the Secret Service several years later up in Washington, D.C., and he reached out to me. Jason is an guy. I love him to death. I support him 100,000%. I support Brian Paul. You know, I've, I I believe everything they do, and I believe that they would have done something about this had they known. Yeah. With that said, again, our heartfelt condolences to all the victims. It's terrible. We feel we. We can't believe that this happened, and we're so terribly sorry that it happened to you. But we're going to be for you nonstop. Yeah, praying for you. And, and I'm going to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, I wish I would have known. I wish I'd have seen the sign because we'd have done his ass a long time ago. And the, but I mean, you, you, those evil wears mask, man. And, um, you know, for the families and everything, I really, really hope. I shouldn't even say this, but I'm gonna say it. I, I, Denny Perkins, I hope you hear this one day, you fuck stick. And, and I hope you do the honorable thing with, uh, whatever you think it may be that by not having to put these families through CACs, child advocacy center interviews, you know, the process, you fucker and, and the stuff these kids are going to have to go through and, 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 and jury trials and stuff like that. If you do that, I, you just need to do something honorable and take yourself out of this picture. Plea out, whatever, whatever. Take it to what you mean. Do these to, to make do something decent in your life, and 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 not put these kids through this judicial process. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Fucking monster. Say, but wolf sheep. I don't know. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, y'all. Like I said, it's raw and unscripted, and uh, it felt with the with the stuff being said, we just had to do something, and we were going to wait, and we'll do something after more stuff comes out if he's stupid enough to go to trial. But uh, he he had like a preliminary hearing, I think, last week or the week before, and he canceled it at the last second because he's a little bitch. Because in the preliminary hearing, the facts were going to come out, and he knew all the media was in there because he's a little bitch. And of course, y'all know he's being housed in protective custody, a Department of Corrections at uh, Elaine Hunts, which is where every prisoner that gets sentenced in the state of Louisiana has to go through the processing center at Hunts Corrections Prison. And the, um, they have him over there because they're going to kill him. And the, the, the inmates, especially, you think about. Uh, uh, if let's say he was a dirty cop and I didn't know about it, making dirty arrests or whatever, et cetera. That's one thing that if you go to prison on something like that, when you go in for raping babies and doing that other shit and you're a cop, you're, you're walking dead, man. That's what you are. Then, then prison wall safe enough for you. So, man, welcome. Yeah. Dead men walking. That's right. That's what it was. 
So, um, but anyway, y'all, we appreciate you listening. It's tough. Uh, um, we'll do something later on as more of the facts come out. But like I said, Denny Perkins, I hope you do the right thing and not let this go forward. Uh, um, and, but later on, we'll do something. And look, for, for all you people who want to flip and say, you know, we're taking up for cops and da da da. Look, I hadn't been a cop in, uh, I retired from law enforcement in, six years ago. All right. But I, yeah, I always have blue in me. And, uh, but I'm not, you know, fuck them. Fuck Denny Perkins and any other cop who, does anything in the black area uh, uh, got nothing for him, never will. And you can't say that, that I'm buddy, buddy with Jason R. Cause we hadn't talked in 10 or more years. I'm just telling you that we're going to, you know, we're going to catch shit anyway, Jim, cause they, they, you know, they're going to have the haters, but it is what it is. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. You can do say what you want to. Uh, I'm telling you the truth as it is known to me. That being Woody Overton, and uh, I stand behind what I say. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Tough man, tough. Um, it's a real tough episode to do. It really is. But at the end of the day, I I don't feel bad for where Denny's going and what's going to happen to him. But I will always feel bad for the countless amount of victims that are out there that are going to have to live with this for the rest of their lives. That just absolutely breaks my heart to pieces. That's what makes me sick. Wish it, I wish it never had happened to them. I, I cannot fathom what their families are going through and what the victims are going through. I, I just can't fathom it, um, but I would definitely be praying for them. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, what happens with Denny happens with Denny. I don't, I don't really care. Um, I'm, I'm like you. I don't, I don't, I don't like those that are in the black area. Um, you know, those dirty cops. I just don't, I don't like it. I'll never like it. I, I, I just don't give a shit what happens to them going forward, but I absolutely care about each and every one of those victims. Yeah. And, and y'all wouldn't be, let's say I'm sick to my stomach. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach for the victims and, and I'm sick to my stomach that I didn't catch him all those years ago uh, or whatever, if he was doing it back then. But, uh, I'm not sick to my stomach for Denny Perkins. Fuck Denny Perkins and, and, and the horse he rode in on. So, um, but for the victims and your families, God bless y'all and, and praying for you. And thank y'all for listening. Uh, I don't think we should have dropped this any earlier, but it just reached such a crescendo. We had to, we had to give a response, but there it is raw and unscripted. Yep. And from the heart, uh, and I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you for listening and um, liking, sharing, and patron members and all that good stuff. I don't really feel like talking about all that cheerful stuff right now, so we're going to end it. Um, Jim, you got anything else? No, that's it. It's been a tough emotional hour yeah. for all this, but um, uh-huh. you know, we love, appreciate all our fans and all our patron members and, and everything else. We appreciate you guys for listening and always having our backs and sharing the stories and whatnot. But, you know, yeah, in this you, case, 
it is what it is. Yeah, and just stay tuned. We had some really big things coming up, and uh, we'll be making some announcements. But tonight's not tonight. Um, and you know, we always end it with "Until next time, or ever, don't let us catch you down and murder by you." But I'm gonna end this one with "Fuck you, Denny Perkins. You're a murder by you." Done, y'all. Your host, Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, Woody Overton, and my co-host, Jim Rathman, the hitman rapping. And we're out. Peace, y'all. Get ready. You're going to do